You know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. Yeah, it is us. It is time. You have been waiting, and here we are, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. Who is Jeff Smith, one of America's top 100 golf instructors, according to Golf Magazine, and they know their stuff. So there you go. I like those people, you know? And they I, like I, you. Well, I, I got a chance to know them, you know, and, um, you know, been to a few conferences and, and, and met them, and, you know, they, they think in the right way. You know, they're all about golf and they're all about trying to do do things the right way. And they're all about trying to present really great golf information to the masses. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just I like how they think. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Right. We we enjoy uh, we enjoy that publication, both the, uh, the the print and the online version. Quite good. Yeah. Have you, have you started your uh, contribution, regular contribution to the online version yet? I have. I have sent it in. OK, cool. All right. I've sent it in and there there's always content, you know, they, they have so much, they're a content company, right? They're right. their jobs to put it all out and they and they get it from a lot of different sources. And there's an awful lot of current events that we can talk about, you know, things happen in the world of golf and bam, they're right on it. Yeah. You know, Johnny on the spot, they, they, they can quickly talk about it. It's great. By the way, you are uh, tuned in to, uh, you want to talk about information. You are tuned in to the second best golf show in the world. Officially the second best golf show in the world. We'll try harder. If we were number one, there'd be nowhere to go but down, but we're number two. So there's still room for improvement. There is. We appreciate it. You know, and I think we're going to have to do that, not just on on content alone or guests alone, but I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to start figuring out how the big company that got past us, that eked past us in the ratings. Mm Mm-hmm. How'd they do it besides, you know, all those big dollar bills that they have for that? Yeah, the, the number one was by Sky Sports in London, which is the the British version of Fox Sports. Okay, huge aberration. Yeah. Um, radio, TV, the whole nine yards. However, they don't cover real sports. They cover stuff like soccer and cricket and, you know, stuff nobody watches. But <laughs> At least nobody here watches it. <laughs> but anyhow, second, I think they call it football over there. They do call it football. They they do, which is just another reason why they are so screwed up. We're going to talk about golf and a whole lot of things that are going to make you better. You just listen for one hour. We guarantee it'll be a much better season for you right here. Stick around. We're coming right back. Those weekend golf guys. You know, the golf season is rolling right along, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting operator of the PGA Tour, has a gimme for new customers. Now, you place any golf bet of at least 5 bucks, and you will get $100 in free bets no matter what. You can bet a golfer to win, bet single-round matchups, and so much more. As long as you throw down 5 bucks, you'll get $100 in free bets. So if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the PGA Tour action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Golf Contests. Draft your lineup of six golfers and compete for over a million dollars in prizes each week. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code WEEKEND. Place a golf bet of at least 5 bucks and get $100 in free bets, no matter the outcome. That's promo code WEEKEND at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting operator of the PGA Tour. 21 and older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
And thanks for hanging with us. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. It is springtime, late spring, early summer, depending on where you live. Some people still have snow on the ground. Sorry, Maine. You know, just finished a season that for the most part was wet, very wet. You yeah. know, April showers bring May flowers. In April, it rained a lot. It rained a lot. And, you know, it, it rained all the way through the early part of May here, too. I mean, yeah. when it is early May still, but it still rained first few days of May. It was pretty wet. Yeah, which helps the grass grow. It really does. So the <laughs> so the rough is up a lot of places, all right? and thick. Yes, indeed. It really is. That's the Here's the thought about that, right? So the maintenance crews haven't had a chance to get out there and mow that stuff down because it's been so wet. They couldn't get the mowers out there. Now they finally get the mowers out there, but the golfers are out and they're losing balls all the time, yeah. complaining, can't these people get this stuff mowed? You know, I mean, look, there's only so much time right after a rain, you know, they're, the people are forgetting, hey, guess what? The ground is still wet, even though the air got dry in this last five minutes. Yeah. And you can still it, it, lose it a tractor the, in the mud, man. You really can't, you know, and so the driving ranges are a lot of them are closed because and they, and people get all bent out of shape for that because, you know, the balls are just going to plug six inches under the ground when they, they landed there. They just splat and they wind up under the surface and people, they come out to the golf course, you know, after work and they're like, but it's nice out. You guys don't know what you're doing. Like, <laughs> yeah, we sure do. You want yeah. to charge 50 bucks for that bucket of balls? <laughs> right? Because when I think when you hit that thing and that ball's in the air and it comes down and it starts landing, that thing is now underneath the surface of the ground. And we got to spend somebody out there. We're paying them 10, 12 bucks an hour. And they got to go pry that sucker out of the ground. <laughs> that one and the, the 800,000 just like it. Yeah. We don't send them out in that little, in that little tractor. We send them out with a trowel and some yeah. knee pads. It's unreal. Hey, are there are there specific yeah. lengths that are dictated for the rough, the first cut, and I mean for for you know the fairways, the rough, first cut, and the sec second cut of rough? There, there are no standards. Okay. Now there are standards that the PGA Tour sets out for its uh, its golf courses on how they want PGA Tour setups. Right. But courses themselves, they have to make that individual decision. For example, let's say that you're at Crooked Stick Golf Club mm -hmm. in Carmel, Indiana, and you have hosted PGA Championship and USGA events, and you're a big deal golf course, and people come there because it's hard. Right. Well, guess what? You're going to make it so the rough is thick and dense and hard and longer, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But let's just say you compare that to the 18-hole municipal golf course that is five minutes away from Crooked Stick. Same weather, same soil type, not necessarily grass type, but they're charging 40 bucks a round. Yeah. What's their job? Get people to play, get people to come back, get people to move them on through, you yeah. know, so you don't get the that municipal golf course to make it really dense and really tall grass. You're looking to, for to buzz cut that sucker because you're looking for play. Right, right. Right. So you're not trying to uphold some image of how tough your golf course is supposed to be you're upholding some business principle that says we want more of it yeah because <laughs> <laughs> tall thick rough kind of irritates an awful lot of golfers right because you, you can't uh, can't hoe it out of there what what irritates golfers more than tall thick rough is wet fairways where you can hit a beautiful shot straight down the middle and still never find that ball 
you know what? That is a great example. Um, this happened. Exa- this exact thing just happened to one of my uh, longtime students. He is now playing in the junior college national championships in his final round of the tournament that qualifies him to get in the nationals on the third hole. He rips it down the fairway and the ball plugs under in the ground and no one could find it in three minutes time. So he had to hightail it back, makes bogey on the next ball because the fairway is still really wet. So he hit his next tee shot and it was a little bit lower tee shot. So it didn't plug in the fairway, but what it did is it, it made a pitch mark in the fairway and rolled on down and it was settled down and in some wet goo mm-hmm. in the fairway and ma- he makes bogey off that ball. So on his third hole of his final round to qualify for the national championships, he makes a triple and he didn't miss the fairway and he didn't hit a bad shot. <sighs> so he made bogey on the second ball, right? Cause he had lousy place to play from and it was in the fairway. And then, so he had to go, four under par for the last five holes that he played and he eagled the last hole to do it to make to go to the national championships by one stroke wow okay very cool congratulations man yeah you want to talk about excitement yeah that was crazy that one's that's that's what you call pulling it out of your butt man (laughs) yeah no kidding I mean, he had a a good solid round of golf going, but you know, the, the rough was thick. The grass was dense. It was, you know, so it was a tough gig. You know, there's uh, there's got to be something that we can do. You know, I know it wouldn't have come into play for, you know, a a regular recreational round. We would have, you know, just said, Oh, well, it should be here somewhere. I'll just drop another one and move on. But when, when you're playing in a, in a tournament situation like that, there's got to be some, some sort of accommodation you can make. I mean, were they, they not even, was it not wet enough to do lift clean in place or, or what was ball in hand or what were they doing, man? They were not doing lift clean in place in your own fairway. It was just straight up rules of golf. Okay. Mind this is a college golf tournament in their conference championship or in or a regional championship, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, there was no lift clean in place. There was none of that stuff. It was just straight up. Go get, go is get there it. Any way anybody can, any, any, any system set up to petition that decision where like there all the is. coaches can say, Hey, listen, guys, you know, it's, it's, it's like a peat bog out here. Come on guys. There is, they have a coaches committee and apparently it wasn't unanimous. Huh. Had some hard asses the coaches, on the on the on the committee, huh? Apparently so. <laughs> Guys out there with blue blazers on and ties and khaki yeah. pants, yeah. their arms crossed, going, nah. <laughs> Golf your ball, right? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so I look at that and I think, man, what a great, what a great comeback story. Cause he fought through the elements, mm-hmm. right? It was, it was cold and windy, you know, it was raining on him and it was, you know, everybody, of course, but to fight through and four under in the last five holes and to eagle your final hole to get to the national junior college championships is strong work. I got to yes. tell you, I don't, here we are. That's, that's to eagle work. when you have to eagle. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean the, the having to, the pressure of having to 
normally would make you think your chances of doing it are slim to none because so of the added the, pressure. The, yeah. So there's a good video of him pumping in the Eagle putt. It was from six feet. Oh, gee. <laughs> now, if you got a 30 footer for Eagle and you make it, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Right. But it's not quite so nerve wracking because it's a 30 foot putt. Right. And the odds of you making it are slim. Yeah. Because it's yeah. 30 feet. Right. No, but he had about a six footer. <laughs> Knee knocker. So, yeah. So he's doing that. Right. The one that you, everybody expects you to make. Right. If you're a good player. Right. Yeah. And at the right time, at the right, you know, that putt right there just sealed the deal. And so he could taste it. It was mm-hmm. right there for him. And it was in that zone. Like you said, the knee knocker zone, that thing where your, your legs get a little wobbly. Yep. You know, you're thinking, man, I got, I really got to make, I really got to make this or my college career is over. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right? that's pressure, that's man. Thing. Yeah. That's where he was, right. That's where he's at. His college career ends <laughs> on that putt or the national championship last putt. Mm. So mm-hmm. now at least he gets to go to the national championships again. He went last year. All right. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And he has Mr. Jeff Smith, one of the top 100 teachers to thank for it. And we are going to uh, take some of that information. What do you do? How do you handle it when mother nature's against you on the golf course? I mean, you got enough problems, but when mother nature's out there to get you, then uh, how do you combat her and fight the elements? That's, some that's techniques. We, we get them when we come right back. We got all those weekend golf guys hang with us. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golf guys. Got to admit, coffee drinkers are getting kind of particular. In fact, many of us have been called coffee snobs, especially the ones who say, you know, the stuff we buy in the grocery store, we can't tell how long it's been there. It may even be stale. For maximum flavor, I want my beans roasted immediately before I drink them. And that happens with Tea Box Coffee. Tea Box is a roast-to-order coffee company, which means they don't roast your beans until you order them. They have eight different roasts, so no matter what kind of coffee you like, Tea Box Coffee's got a coffee for you. And every time you buy from Tea Box, you can earn points that can be redeemed for rewards like free coffee, maybe a discount on some exclusive merch, or even gift card giveaways to your favorite golf store. If you use the code WEEKEND, you will receive 20% off your first order. And then if you sign up for a subscription after you try out T-Box, you can keep that 20% off discount, and the subscription can be changed. It can be canceled at any time. You choose the coffee you want and the frequency in which you want it delivered. It's all that simple. Use code WEEKEND to receive 20% off your entire first order. T-Box Coffee, a premium coffee for golfers and we are those weekend golf guys i'm john ashton he is jeff smith jeff smith top 100 golf teacher extraordinaire and he's going to help you like we said it's it's the beginning of summer it's the end of spring it's been very wet the grass is wet it's thick it's it's tall you can't get a mower through it you're certainly not going to get a five iron through it very well it's hard right it is. Start thinking about how are you going to avoid the danger of the rough? This yeah, is get where the ball straighter. Yeah, that's right. That's the that's the whole thing. This is where now your brain you literally has to go to how straight can I hit this ball? Mm-hmm. You have to instantly be not swinging for the fences. People, notice I didn't say John. You know the collective John. Uh-huh. I said people. You can't be out there trying to you know slaughter this golf ball because. 
the odds of you getting the club face straight when you're really trying to rip at it, the odds are going, you know, getting worse of getting that club face straight. And, and believe me, when you're playing golf and you can't straighten out your club face, you have lots and lots and lots of tree trouble and grass root rough mm-hmm. trouble. You got all kinds of problems right now. It's wet. The grass is long. It's dense. It's thick, snarly, not getting a club through it. Stop putting yourself in that position, folks. Check that club face in your hands. Make sure that bad boy is straight. And then don't try to just flat out kill it all the time. Make sure that your hands can work. If you are in the rough and you know the rough is thick and you know that that grass is going to grab your club and it's going to do things to it that you don't want it to do. It is going to slow it down. Plus, it's going to twist it at times, isn't it? Well, there's a possibility of a lot of things, but let's think if it's as thick on the toe side of the club as it is on the heel side of the club, it's going to keep it about straight through there. A lot of people think, well, it's in the rough. And then all of a sudden it goes in there. The club comes zipping down through there and it wraps around the hosel and shuts the face. Well, maybe that doesn't happen as much as you think it happens because they're still rough on the toe side of the club doing the opposite effect, but it does significantly slow the club down. So if it is doing that, we might want to check two things. Let's make sure we got enough loft to get it out of there. If you go in there with a five iron, that's too straight up and down of a face. You need something that's angled back, something, you know, you need to go seven iron, eight iron, nine iron, just to chop that thing out of there. You got to have something that's going to cut through that grass. Okay. Five irons don't cut through grass worth. So a high lofty club then. So let's think about, and people go, wait a minute, Jeff, now you just told me I can't get through this with a five iron so I won't get to the green. Guess what, folks? If it's in thick rough, you can swing that five iron all day long. I'm putting my money on the fact you can't get it to the green. Right. (laughs) Because the grass is slowing it down so much and it's going to launch it really low. I think you're going to get worse shots out of the five iron than you are the seven iron or the eight iron or the nine iron. So that would be one of the reasons why when you try that with, with, you know, a hybrid or a five iron or something like that, you're, you find your next shot is also out of the rough, maybe 30, 40 yards in front of you. Right. And people think that you should take more club as in, you know, like a five iron versus a nine iron, because their first thing says, well, I want to get it there. Yeah. My, my response to them when they say that is Okay. So then put a club in your hand that gives you the best chance of getting it there. And a five iron's not it because it's going to slow down. It's not going to launch the ball out of there. You're going to have a really hard time passing it through that grass and launching it high. So then basically what you're saying is in it, it's, but a higher lofted club will slow down less. It will be less affected by the grass speed wise. Well, that's so it'll true. Be closer to grass more, right? Right. So it'll be closer to what you normally hit that, that iron. Right. I think you're right. You know, you think about it that way and you say it in the way that you go. Yeah. And it's closer to what I normally hit that. Yeah. Up to a certain point, you know, seven iron, it starts to get a little bit, the the rough starts to get, grab the club a little bit, slow it down even more. Mm -hmm. Six iron, even more than that. Five iron, even more than that, because they just need more loft. Right. So my encouraging thing that I say to everybody is, okay. So let's understand that we're now in a two-shot scenario, right? So let's say I, I've got to hit a five iron for distance. If I was at that distance I, out of the fairway, I'd pull out a five iron. And But this ball's sitting in the rough. 
it is now a two shot scenario because mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who's going to rip a five iron through the rough and get it on the green. So that means it's going to take two. Right. So here's the question. Which two do you want? The two easiest. That's right. You have listened to me on this show. How many years now, John? 12 years. Right? Enough to know the right answer. Enough to know the right answer. Because if you're going to have to swing at a ball twice to knock it on the green, the first shot had better be easy to do. Mm-hmm. And it ought to set you up for the next shot to be easy to do. Mm-hmm. Because if you set that first one up and that first one's a hard to hit the ball shot, that is not your best decision. No. Because it's going to leave you in a hard to hit the green position from there. You give yourself another two shot scenario after that one shot, then what you've done is really blown up your score. That's where you just pick it up, get double par and walk on, you know? Yeah. That's a lot of the, what happens with the high school players because they haven't listened yet. You know, you, you tell them and they look at you like you got two heads going, dude, you're really just telling me that I don't want to hold the green. I don't want to lay up. I'm like, look, let's understand you're not getting this one there. Yeah. So no matter what you hit, you're laying up. Maybe right. you can't hit a five iron from here, but I can. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden I say, here, here, take this bucket of balls and go out there in the rough with the five iron and let's see what you can pull off. Yeah. Tell and me I how many times it works. Yeah. Not one of those bad boys is getting on the screen, <laughs> which case that is two shot scenario. Then the question is, which two do you want? Right. But that sometimes it takes them to do that. Right. They're, or they're feeling all full of, you know, piss and vinegar, as they say. Uh-huh. Right. They got, they got all their confidence going and they're just looking at me like, no, dude, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play. I'm going to play like a man. I'm yeah. going to play. I'm going to hit this ball hard and I'm going to grunt thrust and swing hard and make sure I do everything. And I'm going to prove it to you. Cause you know, I'm just stronger. Hey, you yeah. know, they give you that. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's fine. Big boy. Yeah. Let's go find that. Let's go find that out. See how many of these, these balls get on the green. And he'll do it all without ever saying, see, I told you so. Yeah. No, he won't. <laughs> he'll rub it in. <laughs> well, I'll do it, you know, while we're scouring and picking up the golf balls and go, oh, here's another one that's not on the green. And here's another one that's also not on the green. Right. Another one over there that's also not on the green. There's one over there in that bunker. There's one way back here in the rough that's, you know, 40 yards back. Um, these are all not on the green. Is there a pattern here? I've never seen that before. A little bit further, extrapolate further down the, uh, the the situation here is that one of the things is you're talking about is the grass grabbing and twisting the, the club face. Is it kind of, again, against the norm where when you're in there, you grab the, the handle more tightly, you grip it more tightly rather than the... Yeah, that happens a lot. Now, right? should you, or is that just a bad reaction? No, I, I don't think it's a bad reaction at all. I think okay. the reality of it is, is when you're going to swing through thick grass, you're going to hold on a little tighter so that the grass doesn't grab and pull at the club. So the club passes through it as strongly as it can. Right. So I think if you had uber soft hands, I think you'd be in really trouble, big trouble. Yeah. So I think when you're hitting out of the rough, you got to know the club's going to get slowed down. There's going to be more resistance on the club head. So I think you got to apply more force. Yeah. And see that. And that's the thing because gripping the club more tightly and swinging more forcefully are two things that you're not supposed to do if you're not in the rough. (laughs) You know, it's hard to get people to do that. It's hard to get people to deal with the fact that their instinct is to, I've just got to hit this harder. 
Yeah. And, you know, what's happening is they'll find that in a rough to be the case because they actually have to move the club through thicker rough and it's going to take a lot more strength. Right. So they, they actually have to rip through it a little bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, you could talk to them and you could, you could teach them, but as soon as you put a ball in the rough and they see how much it slowed the club, now all of a sudden they're trying to choose the right club and swing hard. Yeah. And so and, and hit a shot that they can control and it's harder to hit a shot you can control when you're swinging hard. So yeah, a lot of times that could be true, right? You know, like around the greens, here's a great example. Um, so I was working with a, a fellow this morning out here at Timbergate in the short game facility, and we're in the thick rough around the greens. And so the first thing he does is puts the ball back in his stance. I said, mm-hmm. what's your goal? And he says, well, I want to pop it up on the screen, get it out of this rough. And I said, you just put it back. He goes, yeah, if I put it back, then I, I don't hit it fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My brain went, uh-oh, he hasn't figured out yet that the club hasn't gotten near its bottom of its swing arc. And while it's back in the stance, it's facing lower. Right. So I said, okay, hit a couple shots like that. Watch what happens. And out they came somewhere between ankle and shin high. Yeah. Right. Because the club grabbed at the club, slowed it down. The face was already angled down and then it ran into the ball. And so it just blooped forward low. Mm-hmm. So I showed him about ball position on a shot like that. I said, okay, let's put it over here. He's a right-handed golfer. So let's put it on the left hip joint because that's way far forward. I said, I want you to think that for a second, but now I want you to slide the club underneath the golf ball and you're going to have to do it kind of hard because the grass is going to slow the club down. He said, okay. So he swing a little fast, swing a little hard and his face was facing up, but traveling down. And next thing you know, he got it under the ball. The face was facing up and the ball pops right up out of the grass, lands on the green and trickles out toward the hole. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me like, I don't know how you just did that. I, said, <laughs> I made you get what you needed, which was get the club to be out in front of the golf ball. Just right there. Just boom. The club is out there in front and the club gets below the golf ball. Ball pops right up into the air and everything turns into something good. Because the and, ball shoots out. And there are more ways to turn uh, a bad lie in a thick rough into something good. And we will discuss those when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Stick with us because you're going to need this information in about, oh, I don't know, 24 hours. We'll be right back. Why don't you follow us on Twitter? It's very easy. Just go to twitter.com. We are at WKND Golf Guys. Well, by now you've probably heard all about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. You might even already be investing in them. But did you know that you could invest in cryptocurrencies through your retirement account? That's right. With iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies from a crypto IRA and get all the same tax advantages as a traditional IRA. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. The iTrust Capital platform is easy to use and it only takes a few minutes to create your account. Setting up an IRA is free and iTrust Trust fees are low. It's time to start taking control of your financial future with iTrust Capital. You can get all the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Visit itrustcapital.com. Start investing today. That's itrustcapital.com. Taxes and conditions may apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Inc. does not provide legal investment or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. 
It's game on at the French Lick Resort. You could play all day starting on their championship golf courses. The Pete Dye and Donna Ross courses are amongst the best in the Midwest. Play into the night at the French Lick Casino with slots, table games, and sportsbook. Did we mention free shuttle service and free customized planning? Visit FrenchLick.com and get started. Make your next golf and gaming trip count. FrenchLick.com. Must be 21 to enter the casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT or text I-N-G-A-M-B to 53342. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800 1451. That's 800 705 1451. Again, 800 705 1451. It is us, this weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Timbergate Golf Course, Edinburgh, Indiana, top 100 golf instructor in the world from the number two golf show in the world. So, number one hangs out with number two. I like that. So we got you. I like got that. you totally covered. Okay. Yeah. I like the little thumbs up you did there. So, Action school. All right. Yeah. I like that. Appreciate We're that. We're digging it. So, you know what? Earlier, before sitting down to record this fun show, mm-hmm. I was giving some golf lessons and having a great time out there. It's hot. Yes, it is. Right. So I'm out there. So right now I'm in, in the air conditioned golf studio and dang happy to be here. Right. Okay. But earlier, <laughs> earlier I was out in the beginning of the sweat season, right here yeah. in Indiana, it's a little humid, you know, and it's look, it's only like 85 to 86 degrees, which is really not too bad. No, when you, you feel have- pretty good overall, you know, you get out there, your body starts to feel warmed up. Everything's pretty good, you know, except for all the humidity. You got 85 to 86% humidity on top of it, which makes it a yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was out there at the short game area, right? And we were going through this thick grass. So we've been talking about thick grass the whole day. So why don't we just continue about thick grass? Thick grass. And I'm working with so I'm working with some guys on their short game shots. And they're struggling in the thick grass because it's wet, it's dense, it's grabby, it slows the club. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Let's talk ball position. Let's talk wedges. Let's talk what are we doing? Okay. All right, John. Let's say that you and I are having a conversation about short game. And I'm going to say to you, John, you have one thing that you must accomplish in this shot. Do you know what the one thing? That's the law of every short game shot. What do you have to get done? You have to get the ball to the green. Yeah, but in order to do that, you have to do a specific thing. I have to get the club under the ball. That's it. Yeah. Okay, you'll lead with that one next time. <laughs> next time. Next time. Take next two. Time I ask that, <laughs> right, next time I ask that question about, John, what do you got to do in the short game? That's the answer that's going to roll off of your lips real fast. Uh-huh. Got to get the club below the ball. Because – so what happens in this thick grass though, sometimes it sits up right? and you could go right underneath it because you know, you got to get the club below the ball. Right. But a lot of people make the mistake of they take a high lofted club and they open up the face of it, which means they twist it open 
And then the top edge of the club, you know, how the height of the face that you have, it's only mm-hmm. so tall to begin with. Right. When you twist it open, the top edge goes down. You add loft so the leading edge goes up and the top of the club goes down and you could just zip right under a ball. <laughs> because you know what your job is, right? You got to right. get the club below the ball, but then you're like, wait a minute. How much below? Yeah. <laughs> You, you still have to so have the, the club is, face make contact with that ball. Yeah, that's right. You still yeah. do, right? So let's think. If you're going to get in a situation where the rough is thick and the ball sits up in it, your club could zip right underneath it. You need a taller face club. So what you wouldn't do in that scenario is open up the face of anything. Right. It's way better to go in with a, a taller face because it's first it's a short shot right and then it's not supposed to go very hard so you really don't have to swing that hard but the grass is going to slow it down so you got to swing a little harder than normal but man let me tell you if that ball sits up you need a tall okay can't run the risk of zipping right below it yeah but what about john when it when that ball sits down into that thick grass it's settled in it's nestled down in there now you need some serious loft, don't you? Yes, you do. Because <laughs> you got to cut through this grass. Earlier, we talked about the difference between can't go through there with five irons, and you might want to need an eight iron or a nine iron to get it out. But here we are next to the green. We might need that lob wedge because it's got more loft mm-hmm. and a sharp leading edge. Thus, the sharper to cut you with there, right? <laughs> cut that grass right through there, right? Yeah. So what you're going to have to do is not put the ball back in the stance. And this is where people screw up a lot. They instantly think short game, ball goes back in the stance. Now the swing's going up to down, but yet you're turning the face down. We're not trying to open the thing up and and do that. We're trying to leave it alone, but then your handle's more in front and it's still traveling down and it's facing down and the ball doesn't come up out of that grass. Because remember, this ball we're talking about is sitting down in thick rough. So we have to fight through thick rough behind it and we have to launch it up over thick rough right in front of it. So when this club gets to the ball, it gets below the golf ball. That face has to be facing up. So suggestion for you, everybody out there in listener land, Put the ball on the front side of center, preferably like your three-wood position, somewhere near that front hip socket. Right. Because that's about where the club, normally the arc of the club would then bottom out naturally. So you have plenty of loft. And then when you have plenty of loft, the club is below the golf ball at that point. And you desperately need that to happen. Yeah, because if you don't do that, that's where you get that screamer that that's going to give you another shot from, from the same rough on the other side of the green. It is. Yeah. Right. It is. And so you, you got to be careful with this. So, you know, that thick rough is going to make, is going to force you to swing a little harder. Right. So if it forces you to swing harder to get the club through there, to get the club to touch the ball cleanly and launch it up and out, you got to have plenty of loft because if you have to swing harder, you need more loft to offset that harder swing. So it pops the ball up into the air softer and lands like a butterfly with sore feet, as opposed to this low rocket coming Mm -hmm. out of there. Yeah. Right. So you got to have good ball position with this. Got to have loft and you got to get the club below the ball. So, so front, front hip joint. 
for the ball position and just yeah. swing, just swing. Get the club below the ball, baby. Yeah. Make so, sure it's underneath it. What, what is, what could you do? What simple thing could you do to make sure that your club moved downward below the swing? What action could you take? Oh man, you didn't tell me there was going to be a test. I would have studied. It's a, come on, it's a quiz. <laughs> Pot Would, quiz. So, all right, so all right, let, I want to let's put it to you this way, John. I'm going to paint a picture for you. Okay. You've just muffed a shot. No. And you get mad, and you I know, I know, you, you've <laughs> not done this before. I'm trying to conjure up something that you you know you'd have to really struggle to. I gotcha. Right? Okay. Just flubbed a shot. You just went and it dumped right in front of you, right? And then you're mad, and then you throw the club into the ground. Is your hand underneath the club at that time, on top of the club at that time, or on the side of the club if you're just throwing it down? It's on top of it. It's on top of it. Yeah. Because that's an obvious thing. It would throw the club downward. Right. Hey, John, if you're trying to get the club to be driven below the ball, on a regular shot, on the very next shot, what do you think you could do to make sure the club got below the ball? Move your hands. To on top of the club. <laughs> I know. That's cool, isn't it? <laughs> a lot of downward force on that shaft being thrown down to the ground below that ball. Yeah. Yeah, it's that easy. Yeah. Shaking your head going, man, I should have thought of that before. I there know. will be a quiz Time. Should I give you some show notes before we start? I think Say, so. I'm going to ask you this question, and here's the answer that I want you to give. Yes, <laughs> so I don't sound like a total dummy. Yes, please. <laughs> but the, the, the reality of that is, is that something has to make it so the club drives through the rough, and it's got to have enough force on it. So it's pretty easy if you're just willing to change your grip a little bit to have both hands be turned just a little bit more palm down okay. be more on top of the shaft and they would push the shaft more below the golf ball, the club face would still be facing high, still be facing up, but you're just now moving the club down below the ball. Right. Boy, what an easy pop-up shot that is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, those, and those shots, they look so pretty. When, when they you actually do. do it right, man, it's just like, oh, man. Yeah, how'd that happen? You're it's like, like, almost okay. like I know what I'm doing, man. It's almost like that. Yeah. It's almost like that. It is one of those things that are kind of fun is that if you have the right expression on your face after you hit the shot that's successful, mm -hmm. everybody looks at you and then you don't look surprised. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right? That's and that's, then it does make it look like you know what you were doing. That's right. That's the main <laughs> point. Don't make everybody thought you knew from the get go that this is what was right. going to happen. Yeah, right. So that's how you sell it. Right. That's how right. you sell it. Now, for all of you beginners out there that are on the range and you're working on some things, I just taught taught you all a lesson on how to sell it right so let's talk about something else you have to learn to sell so that way you're not embarrassed about stuff okay so let's say that you're on the driving range and you're out there and there's people around and you whiff it mm. 
So the trick is when you whiff it, you just hold your finish for a split second. And you go back to the address, you give yourself a little wiggle and you make another swing yeah. with zero expression on your face. And everybody just assumes that it was a practice swing. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but if you make the mistake of going, Ooh, and then look around all sheepish, everybody knows you just whiffed it. That's right. So learn how to sell it there, folks. <laughs> Everybody makes practice swings, and right. none of those practice swings hit a ball. So what you got to do is have zero reaction. It is you better gotta, to look good than to be good. There you go. <laughs> so if you can pull that off, just learn to sell it, folks. Yep. Just yep. learn to sell it. Got to make it look like you know what you're doing. That's the Always way it, that's the way it works best, man. It is it is so wonderful to be able to to know the techniques. Hope you are paying attention because it's a, it's a lot easier to remember this stuff when you hear Jeff say it than if you read it in the back of a magazine or something. Because that the picture in your head is much easier to create when you hear the words rather than reading the words. So this is why you need to come here every week. Because Jeff will will talk you into a much better game. So I'm sure you know now what Jeff is talking about. You say, oh, okay, I'll move my grip a little bit, hands a little bit more on top of the shaft, ball a little bit farther forward in my stance than I would normally think to put it in that scenario, and uh, swing a little bit harder. And then let's uh, make sure that that club gets below the ball. Yeah, that's the one job that you've got, John. Right. Yep. Get the club below the ball. You know what I would suggest? And and this is something that I have found to be uh, uh, priceless in this whole deal is take five or six balls out to your local club. There's a practice green there somewhere. (laughs) Throw those balls into the rough and just hit them. Make sure you can do that. You know, the, the first time you try this technique is not on the fourth hole in the rough. <laughs> when you, you know, you're playing for five bucks a hole. You know, that is not when you want to try this out. I'm just saying, word to the wise should be sufficient. You know, and I haven't even I said impressed. the P word. I haven't I know, said the P I'm word. I'm impressed, but you just managed to advocate <laughs> practice without even using the word practice. I know. Pretty cool, huh? We got more. Hang out. We'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Have current events affected the ability for you to pay your bills? Has your credit card debt overwhelmed you? Has your income decreased because you're working less or have you lost your job? Credit Guard of America may be able to help you find a solution to this problem. We offer a free no-obligation consultation to learn how you can cut your payments by up to half and potentially lower your interest down to zero. Credit Guard of America is an A-plus rated nonprofit company that will work on your behalf. Credit Guard of America is licensed in all 50 states and has counseled over 1 million consumers struggling with debt just like you. Let us help you analyze and prioritize your debt. Negotiate with your creditors to reduce interest and payments. Set up one affordable monthly payment and provide ongoing education and support. Call now for a free no-obligation consultation and learn how you can become debt-free. Call 800-672-6925. That's 800-672-6925. 
800-672-6925. Texting enrolls you into reoccurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Come on, one more rep. You got this. Uh, There it is. Nice work, man. You're a beast. Thanks, man. I feel better than I have in years. And I got to tell you, taking Nugenics makes a huge difference for me. Nugenics? That's the uh, testosterone booster with TV ads with Frank Thomas. The big hurt, right? Oh, yeah. The patented key ingredient is Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone levels and increase lean muscle mass. Well, it's clearly working for you. Hey, are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yeah, Nugenics is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. Man, I need to get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. No problem. You just got to send them a text. Text SPARK to 321321 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Plus, text now and we'll include a bottle of new Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever, to help get you back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text SPARK to 321321. That's SPARK to 321321. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Timbergate Golf Course, Edinburgh, Indiana. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by, take a lesson or 12. Yeah, you'll, you'll be in single digits before you know it. It's crazy what yeah. happens. Um, I am teaching so much golf to people that are coming to me from other places. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, yes, I've got a big local following as well, but people are coming to me from other states a lot. And they're booking me for a half a day at a time because when they come from a long way away, you know, we're going at it. Yeah. We're going at a lot. You know, we're not just rolling for an hour, hour and a half. To recap, Here's what we talked about today. Thick rough, because you're going to run into it, you know, for the next month or so, at least it's going to be kind of probably wet. It's going to be a little yucky. It's going to be hard to get out of. So what you do is you forget everything that pops in your head. Forget your first instinct. Okay. Which would be to take (laughs) a club that would get you distance wise to the green from where you are. Not going to happen. Because the, the grass is going to slow the swing down. The club you think you should use is not going to work the way you think it would. And you're going to find that uh, you've given yourself another bad shot. And this is, this is Jeff's mantra. What do you do when you have a little trouble is you realize that you're probably in a two shot scenario to get out of it. And which two shots you want are the two easiest possible shots. Every single time. Yes, indeed. Do yourself a favor, folks. Go easy and then easy. Don't give yourself hard. And then the next one's going to be hard because you screwed up the first one. (laughs) If your thought process is, if I hit this right, I could put in the result you would like, then that probably is not the shot you want to take. Yeah, that's most likely the risky one. Yeah. So ask yourself, what's, what's the risk value here, right? What's, you know, what do I have? What's, why am I risking this now? That's, that's just what happens. Thanks, people. people. That's, yeah. that's the operative word. Just think about it and be honest with yourself about your abilities in your game. Check us out, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Follow us on Instagram. I'm at john.thegolfguy. Jeff is at. Uh, I am at Jeff Smith Golf Instruction. Cool. And then, of course, we're always uh, through Twitter at WKND Golf Guys. We appreciate you uh, listening and uh, hope you come back next week. And in the interim, grab yourself a high lofted club, throw some balls in the rough, and, and go try to play some golf. <laughs>